What's going on, football fans? No, that's better. What's going on, football fans? It's me, J.R. Clark, back again with another Pound for Pound ATL Live, joined always by my main man, Jonathan. What's going on, brother? How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, two days into the week, getting closer to Friday, so just got to keep on trucking. That's it. Keep on pushing. Keep on trucking. Keep moving to the weekend just to start it all over again. It's a vicious I, cycle, John. It is a vicious cycle. <laughs> uh, but at least there is that goal every week. It's that carrot, man. And then I get there and I eat that carrot. And then I got to refill the, the trap. And then I eat the carrot again the next week. And then the week after and the week after. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a grind that that never stops. That never, never can stop. Never will stop. Not until the day you die. Because I think... In a sense, when it does stop, you know, you I've known too many people who once it stops, they're not long for the world. And that's uh that's not something I'm trying to to do there. <laughs> I'm trying oh, to yeah, no. I'm trying to hang out and hang on as long as I can, you know what I'm saying? I got I got too much football to talk about, John. We got we got the pro bowl to talk about, we got senior bowl to talk about, we got a lot of things to talk about today. There's just too much football. Uh you know, heaven's just gonna have to wait. That's it. Well, that, without further ado, let's just get into it. Well, as we alluded to, there's a lot, a lot to talk about. May not necessarily be like some of the most hopping and happening topics, but this past weekend we had the the Pro Bowl take place, and normally I'd be like. Okay, whatever. It's the Pro Bowl. Uh, but this year they tried to do, you know, some different stuff. Obviously, they uh, they had a flag football game, skills tournament, that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm wondering, like, did you, like, even tune into any of it at all? Uh, no, I did not. I saw, like, bits and pieces on Twitter here and there. Right. Not, not, not even of the game. Uh just like the precision stuff. And I think it might've even been just warmups for the precision passing stuff. Um, although I did hear somebody, what miles Garrett, was that who it was that dislocated his toe? Yeah. Yeah. Dislocated uh, his toe. Uh, which that's always like the big complaint, right? Uh, about the pro bowl. It's like as much as preseason games are meaningless, the pro bowl game is very meaningless. Uh, it, it's, I think a lot of the like players like somewhat enjoy it. And that's mainly because they get a chance to be around their peers in a setting that they don't normally get to be around. Uh, A lot of like networking gets done from what I've heard in years past, like guys like trying to recruit guys to come, you know, play with them in the off season, that kind of stuff. Uh, You get a different kind of exposure, uh, but, it's you know a reward that I don't think is very rewarding, like not necessarily for the fans, not necessarily for the players. The flag football game was at least a little interesting, uh, as far as like you had the Peyton and Eli, you know, calling like head coaching it with you know other like NFL like greats like Ray Lewis and I think well I think Jerry Rice was there too. I, I could be wrong on that one, but uh, like helping coach uh, what the uh, what the teams were doing. But the part that I found interesting, the only reason why I even wanted to talk about it for a few minutes was the fact that everybody talks about how useless and how 
worthless the Pro Bowl is and how like a waste of time it is. But it was still the highest rated sporting event that went on this weekend. Like, so I guess what I'm really trying to talk about is like how like how like big is the NFL's crown? Like at this point, we always talk about like the NFL reigns reigns king and reigns supreme, but holy peak. I mean, <clears throat> let's let's put it this way. Yes, the Pro Bowl was the highest rated sporting event. There's not really a lot going on. There's the NBA, but who really cares about the NBA until the playoffs starts? Nobody right. cares about the regular season. Same way in college basketball, nobody cares about the regular season in college basketball. Until you get to March Madness, nobody cares. Right. And when, until you get to the second season, because now it takes almost as long as the regular season to get through the NBA playoffs. Uh, you know, nobody cares. So, yeah, there's that. But I'm going to say you go out to like June. Uh, late May, what is it? Late May, early June, uh, when they do the draft, right? Well, yeah. the draft's in, in April, the end of April. Oh, in April, I thought yeah. it was later. Than yeah, that. no, I, it's, I, it's, I it's in either April. Way. Either way, April, you go to April, and now you got baseball season, which just kicked off, and so you got games all over the place there, and the draft is going to be bigger than any of them. Yeah, and it's probably, like probably the whole MLB combined, uh, or close to it, anyways. And, I and think it's just it's, the draft. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. It's March, April. Like I think the numbers of the draft actually like rival some of the like March, like early round March Madness games. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's just the draft. That's insane yeah. to me. That you is know? absolutely insane. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like you know, it's again like NFL reigns supreme. Now, of course, if, if you got that, if you got that shield on it, people dude, are gonna watch. That's it. So the the question that I have, and I want to like have for chat too, if y'all got an interesting thought, throw it up in there. Um, is like, what would you, what would you replace the Pro Bowl with? Like, would you do it at a different time of year? Like, is there a way that you could try to make it incentive based, or would you just change the structure altogether? So for I, you know, I, and we'll if anybody brings anything up in chat, we'll highlight it here, but. For me, if I'm going to do it, we've already talked about uh, in the move to 17 games. Everybody said, "Not you know, let's have two bye weeks, right? Bye week. Uh, you know, everybody would have you know a bye week after like six or seven games, another six or seven games, and then you have another bye week, and then you get the last or five or six games or whatever. And so you would have two bye weeks throughout the year. My uh, suggestion would be. Yes, there's two bye weeks, but everybody gets a, technically a bye week, right? And then, uh, like, scattered wherever. And then, but then there is, in the middle of the season, take two weeks. Nobody plays for two weeks. And then you go, and I honestly say, like, don't even worry about uh, the flag football stuff. I'm saying just do uh, the uh, precision passing. Maybe right. bring back the, the long pass. Uh, maybe even do then maybe do stuff like uh, races for like the, the skill positions, see who's like the fastest man in the NFL uh, w- with regards to. Uh, and, and so that way you could get guys, uh, you know, that are invited. To it doesn't even necessarily have to be like pro bowl guys. It's like for this race, just be who are the fastest guy who have been right, the right. in the NFL this year. Let's get them out there. Let's do like a full uh, NFL like skills challenge and then maybe turn the, Pro Bowl just into an award. Exactly. 
That's not a bad idea. Like, like you could even do they, like, say, hey, you're you're a pro bowler. You're you know, just like all pro. Like we don't right. have an all pro bowl now. It's just literally somebody says, hey, you're an all. Maybe you're an even all pro take, pro. maybe even take it and say instead of all pro, we we get rid of the all pro and we say pro bowl is the best players uh, in the league, uh, and that's something that's done after the season. Maybe even have a whole ceremony if you want right, to have right. an event or whatever. Uh, and invite people to it and get the press. And that's just another event that you could televise yeah, yeah. and beat the crap out of like, NBA and whoever else at the time. Yeah, then tag like you could tag it on to the uh, the, the SPs, SPs or whatever. Yeah, uh, Bliss says uh, D line, O line, sumo wrestling. <laughs> that is a much better suggestion. <laughs> I think what uh, was going on there with you making an award ceremony, give their family a paid vacation, like plus a skills challenge. You know, I, I think a skills challenge. Uh, <laughs> I think I would like a skills challenge and I also would like it in a sense of like, like a futures, like maybe not necessarily have the pro bowlers compete, but have like up and coming guys. Uh, because I believe like Fred hits it here is like, you know, just get rid of it because it's stupid. I think it's like a lot of people feel that way, but they're not going to, as long as people keep watching it. Like that's what I, that's that was one of the points that I found interesting. You had six point four million people tune into the Pro Bowl. Okay, so the NFL is not giving up on that ad revenue that it can mm. that it can ring out like during that that time slot. So you know, knowing that they're not going to get rid of it because hey, they like money. You know? yeah. it's like you know what what could we do to make it more entertaining for us? And more like bearable in a sense and entertaining for well, the players make involved. So, well, make it so. So the problem that you run into now is uh, so many of the best players either they get to the end of the season and if they didn't make it, if they're not playing still, obviously in the Super Bowl at this point, like uh, Josh Allen, right? Why would he want to go to the Pro Bowl when he could be? Uh, resting and recuperating and yep, uh, yep. getting treatment and doing all the things. And, and instead of that, he, you know, he's not got to go play a football game. In this case, it was flag football, but he still had to go play a football game if he was going to go. Right. You know? And so you get so many guys that just don't go anymore. Uh, it's, it's like turned into the, the uh, NFL version of the NBA slam dunk contest. None of the guys that everybody wants to see in the slam dunk contest actually go into the slam dunk contest right uh that's the one thing i'll say about baseball baseball like when they say hey when they invite people to do the home run derby unless they're injured you know if they're legitimately injured by and large though like most guys like if you get invited they show up right like the the big hitters the guys that you want to see those guys that are leading the league in home runs uh or, or you know or they're in the top 10 of the home runs like they all show up and and it's a great event uh, outside yeah. of the All Star. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. It's. I mean, but it's a problem that a lot of sports have. Like NBA's All Star game is a little bit of a joke as far as like there's nobody playing defense. Well, there's barely anybody playing defense in the NBA anyway. But nobody playing a uh, uh, defense there, and so yeah, it's it's just a. Uh, hey, like I said. It's something that every every league does. We just got to figure out a way. Not we, but they just need to figure out a better way to go about it. Uh, MJ's put this this uh, comment up twice. So I want to go ahead and touch on it before we move on. Uh, thoughts on Ian Rappaport saying uh, Raiders have granted Saints permission for Derek Carr to visit. Yeah, no, it's this due diligence at this point. 
Okay, because like just like with Watson, Carr has a no trade clause. So not only does the Saints or whoever's interested in Carr have to like come up with the proper compensation for the Saints, they also have to or not the Saints, the Raiders, they also have to impress Carr. So yeah. you know, it, it's for the Raiders' best interest to let Carr go visit whoever he wants to go visit. Well, there was the whole thing I read uh, yesterday or something like that, maybe a couple days ago, where they basically the the Raiders didn't want him to go uh, because of the no trade clause. They didn't want him to go having conference, like go seeking his own trade, because then it could turn around and be like, okay, instead of a trade, because I have a no trade clause, he go out there and find out like what am I actually worth on the open market? Open. Uh, oh yeah, okay, that's, that's a. And then he could basically like sabotage the whole process so that the Raiders get nothing out of it uh, and eventually just become and then force them to have to cut him. And then he goes on the free agency market. Now he can get whatever he thinks that he can get. And so it's like they they're in their mind. They're like trying to figure out what's the best way to go about this so that he's happy. Doesn't screw us. Doesn't right. break the system, whatever. So that uh, you know everybody gets you know so it becomes a win-win situation instead of a, a Derek Carr winning Raiders eating dirt you know situation. Right. Yep. No. I yeah I, I agree there. Um, he also follows it up with, "Do you think Atlanta will be interested?" I don't think so, just because the type of quarterback that Carr is, uh, and the type of system that we feel like Smith is going to want to continue to run. Like, Carr's not athletic enough. Um, that may not be the main game. Like, it may not be like Mariota-level athlete that we need, but I think you need more of an athlete than what Carr is, in my opinion. So, yeah, uh, yeah I don't I don't think the uh, the Falcons will be interested. Um, I, I, also, I also just, if it were to happen, I think it would, exactly what you said before, due diligence, that'd be about yeah, it. So. That's about it, yep. Uh, Jay Black says, the Pro Bowl is worthless at this point, except uh, to the players who get money, comps, awards for being selected. The Pro Bowl is supposed to be about showing who's the best of the best in the AFL and the NFL. I agree that uh, that's what it was supposed to be, but the idea of going out and potentially getting really hurt uh, is not something that these players are going to subject themselves to because we've all heard the stories of, of what was it, Charles Woodson uh, going like wide and Sean Taylor going wide open at the Pro Bowl, and everybody's like, dude, calm the F down, you know? Yeah. Like, that's not what we're trying to do here. So, yeah, I don't know. There's something that they're, because they, they make too much money off of ad revenue, they're not going to move off of it. So, uh, I think it's just what can we do to make it more entertaining to us or just you know, like, I don't know, skills competition. Fred Bust tipped us $5, All which right. we appreciate that, Fred. Uh, he says, I think the Falcons will be a good team and extremely dangerous team. Yeah, I, there's a good chance. Like We're, we're really going to have to see after the draft of free agency goes, but things are starting to shape up, which we're definitely going to get into. Uh, I, mean, I, think, I, think, I think once we get – through free agency, at least the the big kind of early days, and see like what kind of moves we're trying to make. Uh, I did like seeing uh, Cordero Patterson like 
championing oh yeah uh deron Payne. like come on down yep no like, he's he yeah. is uh somebody said that patterson uh it was nick said patterson recruiting recruiting keenan allen patterson is like recruiting everybody like yeah. anybody everybody he thinks that he could get to play here he's definitely well, and i and i saw somebody like possibly dealing allen think he's a good fit uh he's not the burner like he's probably more actually like someone like a, a drake london uh he's not necessarily a burner right uh, but he's a really good uh possession receiver um the uh, yeah i responded to somebody about this on twitter uh which is basically i like keenan allen i think he's a really good receiver the injury concerns they concern me you know, I mean, the guy's just straight up been injured every single year, it feels like. Uh, yep. And, you know, how much longer can his body take being injured uh, before it just stays injured? Don't know. So That's it. Yep. Well, that pretty much wraps up the Pro Bowl talk. So next thing is we'll move on into everybody's favorite segment. Uh, ballers and followers. We only got two more of these folks. We got this one and yep. then next week's ballers and followers. Uh, this one is brought to you by, I haven't seen Willie Doc, so I'm going to say, I guess this one brought to you by the senior senior bowl in a sense, I guess. Uh, let's bless you. Anyway, so this week's ballers and followers is going to be kind of a little bit more senior bowl centric. Uh, as I, you know, we live streamed on Saturday and for all those who joined us, uh, we appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. And we had, we had a, a good time doing it. So without much further ado, our baller is uh, Michael Wilson, a wide receiver out of Stanford who during practices and even the game really showed to be like, like he has the skill set to be a better pro than he was a college player. I think nice. at, at Stanford he suffered from uh, a like just bad quarterback play. He had Slovis for a few years, who did, I don't even I don't even know who their quarterback was this year, but uh, he's a guy who's good body size, like six two, two oh five, like he's physical enough to fight through possessions, uh, shifty enough to get like create himself space. He's a guy who I could easily see being there in the four, like third round, fourth round, uh, that area, and you know, coming in and just being a good, like, number two wide receiver. This draft seems to be filled with a lot of number two wide receivers, uh, which is great because, you know, we could use one. Yeah, and before you before you reveal the fall, uh, the, who the fall is, I'm yeah. going to take a guess at it because you haven't told me. No, this I, haven't said, I haven't said anything. Yeah, I'm going to take a guess. What uh, you got? Andre Carter. Andre Carter. I wonder if the we're gonna keep. We'll give it a minute. I want to see if the chat wants to. Uh, uh, who do you guys think is the follower? Yeah, who who y'all think the follower is? Because obviously, like this, this is also kind of a uh, like putting a bow on this on the Senior Bowl. The whole week that I was down there. Uh, uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I might have Fred. If I did, I apologize. There, there was, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll double check that here in a minute. Uh, somebody says Hyatt. I don't even think Hyatt was there. That was the other uh, wide receiver out of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I don't believe he was there. He was slated to be, but I think I he backed out. I, 
Yeah, I didn't see anything about him at all. Right, right, right. Nick says the follower was uh, Max Duggan. Very well could have been because Max Duggan looked rough. Like he looked, he looked rough, rough uh, throughout the whole practices and even in the game. Didn't look, didn't look all that good. Hit the uh, like button, guys. Yeah, if y'all are willing, definitely hit the like button. It, it helps us out. <laughs> if you're if you're new here, subscribe. All that good fun stuff. Um, yep. <laughs> but I guess without much further ado. We will go ahead and Jonathan, you were correct. It yep. was Andre Carter. I don't know if I necessarily consider it being like his fault per se, but going into the senior bowl, there was some like hype that he was going to shoot up the draft boards and like the senior bowl is going to be a chance that, you know, for him to really showcase his talents. I went and watched a couple games before I went and I was like, I just don't see it. If it's not, he was a guy who rushed from the wide nine and if it wasn't just a straight shot to the quarterback, he wasn't getting there. And I guess I'm just having way too much P, uh, PTSD from Vic Beasley yep. rushing for the wide nine. I was like, I I can't do it, you know. Like the exact the exact opposite of him. Uh, I know he had a little bit coming in, but I think coming out of the senior role, uh, Keon White. I think he's a guy that like was was essentially what Andre Carter, whatever I thought Andre Carter. Right. Was. Right. And so, like, we get down there and just like, I think Andre the whole three the whole three day practice probably won maybe two reps, uh, all three days, and then uh, got a lot of playing time during the game and didn't really do much during the game. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely a guy who I think is going to test real well, like at the combine. He's going to jump out of the gym and uh, you know all that other stuff. Like, he's going to run good. And, but he just didn't have a plan when it comes to uh, like rushing the passer and stuff like that. Uh, Chris says the DN uh, from Kansas stood out during the game. He stood out during the practices too. That's Lonnie Phelps. Like he's a little speedball rusher. And uh, uh, he's a guy who, like, yeah, he, he impressed quite a bit with his speed and his shiftiness. <laughs> but well, cool. Well, did, that did, is did, the did he, did he seem because I did, I that was the name I hadn't really heard. Uh, did but was he was he able to win if his speed didn't win? Like, yeah, was he, he had, to, sorry, he had like some pass rush moves, right? Like he was able to like do that that dip and rip, you know, where you dip that shoulder and then like rip up under the the offensive lineman. Which for like his knock is like he's like six one, right? He's not a he's not a big tall. Doesn't have a long arms like, but like if the league showed you anything like Hassan Reddick's not a big guy, and yeah. he just has a knack for getting after the the quarterback. So uh, I mean, like uh, uh, he played the uh, the Bills this year. I'm blanking on his name. He got injured. Von Miller. Uh, Von Miller, he's yeah. not a big guy. No, like Von no. Miller's not a bit. He's just got tree trunks for arms. Yeah, uh, is is supremely strong. But he's he's a, a fast guy that uh, can. But he's got really good moves. Um, and but but he's not a big guy. You know, he's like what two? He's probably two fifty. I was gonna say he's like two forty. I was thinking I could be wrong, but could be. Uh, but yeah, no, he's a. 
like Lonnie Phelps is a guy who like if he's sitting there in the back end of the fourth or something and you want to add like if we didn't have a D'Angelo Malone already. Yeah. I'd be down to the table for Lonnie Phelps. But you already kind of have a a DPR designated pass rusher that needs to develop more, right? You already have that in uh D'Angelo Malone. So I don't know if we could necessarily, I mean, you can't ever have too many pass rushers, but that, that might be a little bit much of a, of a stretch. Uh, everybody's talking about, uh, Tajay Spears from Tulane. Uh, Joshua says Terry won't be able to stop himself from getting Spears from Tulane. Dude, I, I jump for joy because that cat was explosive and electric all week long. Uh, so <clears throat> like he phased into another dimension on one play. And popped out the other <laughs> side. It was like, dude was a ghost at, at times trying to get tackled. So, yeah, he like Terry might not might be able to help himself, but I know I couldn't. If he was sitting there, in the fourth, <laughs> done. I like I don't even care. We need to go have a conversation about it. What, what, CP if, what, if, what if what if you had in the fourth you had him or uh, Kenny McIntosh? That'd be tough. That'd be real tough because I think Macintosh gives you more in pass pro. But I think like just overall explosiveness, Spears is like way more explosive uh than uh than Macintosh. Like Macintosh is, is good. He's good coming out of the backfield. He might give you a little bit more running in between the tackles. Uh, because I think he's a little bit thicker than Spears. But Spears is a true like home run threat from wherever he could house yeah. it from the one, one yard line. Uh, he breaks out into the open field and it's just about done, you know? Tyree so Spears, Spears is a guy on the high Like a Tyreek Hill that? kind of guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like imagine Tyreek Hill is like a full on running back. You know, that's, you know, a little bit, a little bit thicker, but I just like his pass pro didn't do much for me. But yeah. now he would start out as a third down back. Real quick, uh, yeah. this has nothing to do with balls and falls, but I'm going to warn chat that yeah. if I uh, this right here, Blizz, if you ever, if anybody ever brings up <laughs> as a possible QB coach or offensive <laughs> anything with relation to the Falcons, we will ban you. Permanent, <laughs> regard. We ain't gonna ban you, but still, I could. I agree in the aspect of like, no, you can keep Greg Roman well away from from my team because oh man, like Greg Roman, he's only about good at getting quarterbacks hurt, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Everywhere he has been has has been just that. He, he tries to kill <laughs> quarterbacks for some yep. reason. That, that is what he is definitely good at. Moving on to our. Next topic of choice. We finally got to hear our new DC. Uh, huh? He had a press conference yesterday and had, there wasn't like a ton there. I'm, I'm not even going, not even going to lie. He's like, he said the things you wanted him to say, but even, it, even out of your Falcon mind. Yeah. What's up, buddy? Sorry. I'm trying to get our other things set up. Okay. No, you're fine. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, like we got to hear him talk about like 
what what he wants out of his team, what he's looking for. He used pretty much every uh, – <laughs> out of your Falcon mind agrees with you. He says uh, recommending Roman should be a bannable offense. <laughs> See? Told you. That's right. <laughs> so Ryan Nielsen, like I said, we finally got to hear from him. Hear yeah. some of his thoughts. Hear what, uh, what he thinks about this team. Talk about like hitting the ground running and going out to Vegas and meeting all the guys out there. Uh, and like he didn't tell us anything groundbreaking or earth shattering. He didn't no. confirm one way or the other where there was going to be a three, four, or a four, three. He said the thing that most DCs say, uh, that's well, something for the media to get, you know, caught up in. And he's right. Like if you study modern NFL defenses, they're not one or the other. They're whatever they need to be. Yep. Like the times that you are in base is like less than 30, well, like less than 40%. Most teams run nickel 72% of the time. Yep. And so, which we all know nickel is, you know, one less linebacker and an extra defensive back. Now you might go with big nickel and, and run some safeties or, uh, you could get like somewhat exotic, which we'll talk about here in a minute, and you know, uh, do something like three down linemen and six uh, defensive backs, like a really big nickel. As Chris says, I just want to stop somebody defensive scheme. That's it. That's what he said. He said, just stop somebody. You know, yeah. he called it the uh, Falcons defense. He said, that's what we're going to be is the Falcons defense. And I was like, okay, all right. You know, I hear you. Yeah. But, but but I agree. Like he he kind of had coach speak, right? Uh, a little bit when they tried to pin him down. Like, you know, what are we going to see? He's, and he, which I don't blame him for not necessarily like being super specific because dude just got the job a week ago, right? Um, and you know, you don't. I appreciate that he didn't try to come out and be super like, man, we're going to you know you know, kick him in the dirt. We're going to do this. We're going to bury the mamas, you know, just like all the crazy. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's like, sometimes you hear crazy stuff like that. And then when stuff doesn't quite work out, you're like, what happened to all the burying the mama stuff? And you're like, well, you know, didn't quite work out the way we wanted to. But so, you know, look, I think the guy, uh, he's, when you listen to like what he wants, Granted, uh, you know, uh, as Nick said earlier, talk is cheap, right? Uh, so with talk being cheap, it is cheap, uh, as we saw with later, with later like Dan Quinn and, you know, Embrace the Suck and all this other stuff, right. yada, yada, yada. All I care about is look at who we have, add to what we have uh, with guys that you feel can make this team better. And then whatever you whatever you end up with after free agency, after draft, all that stuff, as you look at who we have and what we have available to us, then go and say, what is the best way for me to put every single one of these pieces in a position to succeed based on what they are? Yeah. And if, and if you can do that, then you're going to be successful. OK, I'm not going to sit here and try to uh, I am not a a coaching guru like i am not 
a guy who I, I have never coached anything in my life. I have never sat in on one of these classrooms, you know, so I'm not going to sit here and try to deep dive you and say, you know, are they running the four, two, five with split safeties and this and that. I mean, a book. Does that count for anything? Hey, you're all right. You're all right. at least one step above me. Uh, look, I you know, I can watch a game and I can tell you good defense from bad most right. of the time. Uh, I know a little bit, you know, when that stuff. But at the end of the day, all I care about is I, or one thing I do know for sure. If you ask guys to do things they are not capable of doing, you're just asking for failure. That's it. All right. If you know what your guys are capable of, and this year maybe he's he's definitely going to find out more on the fly. But as you become better acquainted with them and you realize what they can and what they can't do, then you you know as long as you're able to adjust to that and say, okay, you can't do that, but you can do that. So we're going to put you here to do that, whatever that is, and we're going to make you successful. Yeah. Um, the 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 aspects that I found interesting wasn't necessarily his presser. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he used about a, every aggressive adjective he could muster to describe Grady Jarrett, was, which was great. Yeah. I liked what he said about uh, the fact that he'd already talked to Troy Anderson a couple times. Like three or four times. Right. And so that that is good. You know, as far as that goes, I, I think those things are important. Like these are the guys that he's going to have to work with. So you need to figure out what, like, the best way to go about it. But the things that intrigued me, uh, about this whole like this past week on the defensive side of the ball is the fact that you added uh, Jerry Gray, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I scared some folks on Twitter when I was doing some digging on Jerry Gray, and I brought up like what they uh, an article that was talking about a Ruby formation, which is uh, a three three six, so three down linemen, three linebackers, three safeties, and three corners, right? So. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, I don't know if I like that. And I'm like, well, that was like what he was trying to install as a DC when he was in uh, Tennessee or whatever. Doesn't necessarily mean that's what he's going to do here. But then I found like another article breaking down how the Packers were able to shut down Justin Jefferson and, you know, what that, what that entailed and, what that entailed was like a lot of like quarters coverages and split safeties and uh, things that if you like do a little bit of digging into the Saints like coverage schemes are very similar to what they're doing over there, you know, with split safety coverages, uh, a lot of either like cover two or uh, cover three. Like this is what the modern NFL is. And so what I think, and that's what I was telling you on the phone earlier uh, when we were having our little uh, production meeting or whatnot, was what it really seems like is you have the a potential of like the guys you wanted, the Fangios, the Flores, is looking at the talent we have and saying, all right, look, I'm not, like, I need, I want to work with something a little bit better than that. Especially if a guy like Flores, who has aspirations of being a head coach again, he comes here, and if it doesn't immediately turn around, that has a possibility of like tanking his reputation and yeah. making him a less attractive like candidate, you know, in other. So he takes the Minnesota job where they have some talent, something that he can work with. And then also, you have like the same thing with Steve Wilkes, 
Wilkes takes the job, or at least looks like he's going to take the job out in San Francisco. All right, well, the Jets and the Texans have just hired, not just, but in the past two years, hired former 49ers defensive coordinators. So if Wilkes steps in there and keeps that thing rolling. Yeah, all he's got to do is just keep it going. Right, so he keeps that train rolling. Mm -hmm. He probably sees it as a way to springboard himself into like a head coaching contention again, right? Same thing with like what Todd Bowles did, you know, as far as uh, being down there in Tampa. So you hire the up-and-coming guy who hasn't necessarily made for a name for himself yet. Well-respected, but not like mainstream, right? Right. But it really did have a feeling that Arthur Smith wants to be able to turn his back on the defense. Not that he ain't trying to pay attention, but he doesn't want to have to like, it seems like he doesn't want to have to micromanage everything. Right. Which for him is like how he seems to like going to balance his load as being his offensive scheme and also being the head coach. Right. Right. So he has prior experience with, with Gary in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. They overlap there. So this is a guy he knows probably trusts and brings him in as essentially the defensive overseer because his title is assistant head coach slash defense. So it almost seems like he's going to be the defensive general manager. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, but like, I don't necessarily like, because generally speaking, it's head. You know, when you look at the the org chart, you know, uh, head coach top. I mean, obviously, you got the general manager, owner, yada yada, right, yada right. president, president, owner, and so forth. But if we're talking about the the of the team itself, you know, you got the head coach up here; he's the top of the pyramid, and then you generally directly below them is the OC and DC. Those are like the next in line. Those are the VPs, right? Um, I'm assuming Jared Gray is below, uh, uh, Nielsen, uh, right. So he, he's, you know, the next rung down from Nielsen. Uh, so I think that's what he's, he's going to be is he's going to be essentially like the, um, like defense and uh, quality ju- control, maybe. Yeah, but not necessarily that. I don't think, I think it, I do what I do think is Jerry Gray is going to be a guy that will keep an eye on the defense, offer uh, Nielsen, uh, you know, help with, you know, like being in this position if if Nielsen wants it, right? Right. Uh, don't don't try to force it on him. But if he comes to you, be like, hey, I got I'm trying to figure out what's I'm trying to figure out a good way to do this, you know, or you know, let's this is what I'm looking to try to do. I'm open to some ideas, yada, yada, yada. And then that's what Jerry Gray is there to do. But also potentially like he, Arthur Smith probably understands that with Jerry Gray in the room, he's not the top guy. Nielsen's the top guy on that defense. But as long as Jerry Gray's in that room, like he won't let it get out of hand. Right. And I think that, I think that's what Jerry Gray, for one, he's a, he's a good coach. I mean, we've seen, like defenses oh, yeah. wherever he's been have been good. You're right. So he's a good coach. 
uh, and Nielsen's a good coach. They're both good coaches. And now we have Huxtable coming in. Um, and that's another guy that it's like they're stacking. I saw this uh, today on Twitter. It's like the, the thing that's uh, like post Shanahan under Dan Quinn is we didn't really like stack that coaching talent like we right. should have been. Whereas here they're like, okay, we got Ryan Nielsen. He's a up-and-coming hot name. We got him. We also got Jerry Gray. This guy has done it, been there. He he knows what it takes to have, be a good defense. We got Huxtable. This guy's been good too. So like they're stacking up that talent because they're probably going to lose some of these guys. Assuming this is all successful, they're going to lose some of these guys to you know uh, Huxtable may become a, a DC later. Jerry Gray may actually be a full DC later as well. You know, but for now this is helping Ryan Nielsen get thing you know get things in order keep everything uh, uh, together uh, so that, you know, things don't just fall apart. And that allows Arthur to then go over to the offense and basically focus on the offense and right. make sure that that offense is ready to go come, you know, week one. No, yeah, exactly. That, I think that that's the, the idea that now, especially with today's news of losing Charles London to the Titans, he goes from being, uh, our QB coach to their passing game coordinator and QB coach. It's a a slight upgrade for him, but it's the next step. And and I think of his ultimate goal of being an offensive coordinator and then potentially a head coach as well. So <coughs> we're going to have to replace Charles London. It's being like heavily rumored right now that uh, it's going to like it could potentially be TJ Yates moving over from wide receivers coach and yep. then replacing him, which makes sense. Um, oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I mean, there's, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about. They're Huxable from Alabama. <clears throat> Here's one connection that I, I, I thought about today and I thought was interesting when it comes to Huxable. Two things one, He's off. He's uh, coach with Nielsen in, at NC State, so they have a former relationship there. This is probably a guy that that Nielsen respects. He uh, via his coaching background is a DC uh, as well, and like a linebackers coach. So they probably speak a lot of the same language as far as like you know pressures and packages and you know things like that. And so he seems like a potential like mentor type as well. But here's the interesting part that I found about Huxtable that I found interesting was the idea that he's just spent the last two years with Nick Saban mm -hmm. out in Alabama. So oh, JR, why is that a big deal? Okay. What coaching tree did Dean Pease come from? Bill Belichick. Yep. Where did Saban develop his, like his defense? at the Browns with Bill Belichick. Yep. They run a very, very similar defense. They came up with that defense together. Okay. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, they all, they like Smith said this, Fontenot said this, Nielsen said Nielsen this, said it. Yep. that they didn't want to come in here and blow it up. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to blow it up, you need somebody who's familiar with it who's familiar with the workings of it, how it works, what the responsibilities are, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, you know, I thought maybe you would get one reason why you were going after Flores, right? Uh, obviously very familiar with uh, the Nick Saban and Bill Belichick tree. 
So next best, I say next best thing. Another aspect is is Nielsen, who just not Nielsen Huxtable, who just spent uh, two or three years under Nick Saban, learning his system. Now he gets to bring it here and continue to help push it forward. You know, help make the transitions, help make the connections. Oh, this is like this, and this is like that. You know, and we can run this. And, you know, so it. They're creating a very strong defensive room, in my opinion, as far as the minds yes. that are over there. Yes. Like you had a very strong mind in Dean Pease. You lost that strong mind to retirement. Now you had to, re- it's almost like you had to replace Dean Pease's experience with three guys, you know, in, in a sense. So yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And uh, like, some folks are like bringing up like free agency, which I'm kind of like, I'm going to piggyback off of. I don't think I made a, yeah. Okay. We'll just, boom, there it is. So now with, uh, gray being in here, having a more clearer picture of what we might be running. Like there's some names that may not necessarily be big splashes, because Chris puts up points like I don't think we're going to make huge splashes in free agency. Uh, the fans might be expecting we need more than just one piece. I agree, completely agree. But now that you know, like you have these coaches in here, you can start looking at like who might be better fits, like uh, a James Bradbury, maybe well, maybe not a Bradbury per se, but like a uh, Sheldon Rankins might be a good fit. Like he spent his early days in New Orleans with Nielsen. Same thing with Marcus Davenport. Uh, same thing with uh, Rasul Douglas. Everything all right over there, John? No. Uh, just uh, let me uh, step away for just a minute. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay, man. Yeah, do what you got to do. Drop out if you need to. I can talk. All right. So anyway, <coughs> uh, that's the fun thing about doing what we do. We're not necessarily professionals, so. I don't know, sometimes y'all may hear my kid in the background and, you know, Jonathan's got stuff going on in his house as well. So, anyway. So, yeah, guys like Russell Douglas and guys like uh, Rankins may not break the bank because you're going to need more than one guy. Uh, you know, Dayrah Sports says, I say we're five players away on defense. A valid number two corner, another defensive tackle, safety, edge rusher, and linebacker. Right. These are all things that are going to need to be addressed. Josh asks a very uh, solid question, trying to find it. Where did it go? About Josh Gillum asked a question earlier that said, he said, uh, what's more important, a wide receiver two or a cornerback two? That's going to be an interesting, like, debate to have, right? Like, if you had to choose one, what's more important to you? Uh I would say, oh man, I don't know. It's tough. I think they're. I think both are needed. Uh, yeah. Tony Wright is uh, like champion Denzel Mims. If he get, if he makes out, if Mims makes it out of the Jets, that's a guy I would definitely like. You know, get it, get involved in. I think he's a guy who could be a good number two. Huh? There you are. Hello again. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> uh. It, I heard something in the background. It was, yeah. uh, it turns out it was a car backfiring, ah. uh, but it scared the crap out of, out of the wife. 
Uh, right. Yep. And understandably. Understandably. And so I'm sitting here, and, but I, I'm hearing like her moving up and down the hallway. Right. right. Place, like, like, like making a, like an aggressive sound. And I was like, okay, I got to see what's going on here. Right. <laughs> so I had to go check it out. But it turns out, yeah, it was just a backfire. Uh, and uh, she was like locking the doors and all of that. Oh, yeah, she yeah, thought, she honestly thought it was a drive-by. <laughs> So <laughs> here she is right here. She says, Y'all, I swear y'all thought it was a drop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Lord. Uh but anyway, so yeah, there's there's a lot of things that we are going to need in free agency, and there's a lot of guys who are going who are going to fit that bill. And we got a little over a month to talk about it because it's the seventh of uh February. Free agency doesn't start until the fifteenth. So that's yep. now that the senior bowl is kind of behind me, the big focus now is going to be like uh, free agents and uh, draft. So, yeah, there, uh, there's players out there. What's up, buddy? Yeah, and uh, I saw, you know, just as I was getting ready to, leave, uh, getting ready to step, step up, somebody was, uh, I can't remember where it was. Uh, uh, I think we already showed it was, but it's Chris here. He's like, you know, don't make, we're not going to yeah. make the huge splash free agent signings. It depends on what you consider to be huge, right? I, I, I think if he, if he get, if he actually gets out of Washington, like if Washington does not sign him in free agency, I think, I hope that that will be the guy that if we're going to spend big, you spend big to bring in a Duran Payne. Yeah, you right? said him next to Grady, right? Holy Pete, I think, I think well, he'd be. And somebody somebody tweeted out a uh, a mock draft earlier today. I showed, and I, I retweeted it because I mean I would love if this were to happen. But we we did two trades trade backs in the first round. We eventually went to like the second or the twentieth pick in the first round. But the first trade was from eight back to thirteen, and part of that trade was Quinnen Williams. I would take that in all absolute. I don't think there's any way that he go, gets out of New York. But but. If that were to happen instead of the Duran Payne stuff, then I would be cool with that. But like, but if there's one, if there's the one guy that I'm going to like really put out the money for, it's going to be a Duran Payne type of guy. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's the one I was because because he fits the bill. He's a dominant player and he's young. Yep. You and, know? and and again, if you put Duran Payne next to Grady Jarrett on. You know, first and second down at the very minimum, probably third down too. But if you put, you know, obviously he can't be in there every play. But the the, the plays that he's there next to Grady Jarrett with Ebiketti and Malone on the outsides, or however you want to put those guys out there, but just those two guys in the middle will create enough havoc together. I think uh, that you don't necessarily have to go out and do super crazy stuff on the edges as far right. as the cornerbacks and your safeties because they're probably not going to have to be asked to do super crazy long uh, coverages on their routes and things of that nature. And so you're immediately going to make AJ Terrell, AJ Terrell a better player. You're going right. to immediately make uh, Richie Grant a better player. You're immediately going to make whoever you end up putting out as cornerback, whether it's a drafted guy, whether it's a free agent guy, whatever, uh, on the other side, that guy's immediately getting better because now they – in, in most plays, they're probably, and especially against like the the average to below average teams, 
they're going to have a max of three seconds to get the ball off. And, so right. not, and a lot of them probably even less than that. So Chris, uh, Chris asked, uh, what are our thoughts on a safety not named Bates? And Chandler kind of answered it. Von Bell meets well. Russell Douglas, I yep. believe he's a safety. Russell Douglas. Uh, I thought he was a corner. Maybe he's a corner he converted cor- to safety. He might be a they, kind of a hybrid both. He might be. I, and, and like I like I said, I haven't like dove headfirst like with, with the senior bowl stuff. I haven't been able to like really dive into the yeah. free agency stuff as of yet, which I that's what I plan on doing this week. But, but he may be because uh, one of the things you talked about in one of your tweets was how uh, Gray liked to do the three safety. You know, right. look. Razul Douglas could be that third safety where you got the the deep safety and then Razul Douglas is your like slot slash uh you know tight end guy slash right. uh be, guy or whatever. I'm gonna be real interested to see what they do with like bringing Isaiah Oliver if they bring him back. Cause uh like he did real good down close to the line of scrimmage. Uh and covering the tight ends and running backs and, and it's just like not putting him he does well as long as you're not putting him out on the boundary, asking him to cover like a legit number one wide receiver. So it's going to be really interesting as, as we move forward. But as we promised folks, uh, today is going to be our first uh, mock draft simulator, uh, our first community mock that we're going to run. That's the name of the simulator that we're using It's rise in draft It's rise and draft.com. Okay. That's the name of the, of the mock draft simulator. So I'm going to go ahead and get it up. Okay. Hopefully y'all can see that well enough. Uh, I might. Uh, okay. that's fine. So <clears throat> we're going to do full seven rounds. And we're not going to go super fast because we want to be able to discuss. As you can see already in this database, uh, CJ Stroud is their number one ranked player. So keep that in mind. On this one, Jalen Carter is ranked number four. Okay, so there's a real good chance that Carter could be there when yep. we go to pick. Why so, we, uh, just to be on the safe side, uh, I'm going to get rid of that banner because uh, okay. it's covering up the bottom part of this. That's fine. That's fine. So, all right, <laughs> let's hit start and see what happens. All right, I'm going to go ahead and set the set stage. I am not accepting any trades whatsoever. Yes. For this for this mock, we're not for the accepting first, any trades. Maybe for the first few mocks that we do, we're not accepting we're not accepting trades. I'm just going to reject them, and we're just going to keep moving. We're going to pick our seven picks, okay, or nine picks or whatever it is. All right, and here we go. All right, so right off the board, this is where, okay, let's go reject. Come on, why are you not rejecting? I. Huh. Interesting. Oh, hold on. What happened? There we go. There we go. Maybe. <laughs> First time I've tried to use them on a live. Oh, I think it's even stopping everything up, huh? Uh-oh. You there? Yeah. Can you there hear me? Go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's see if I can look at who so far on the board is still... Uh. C.J. Stroud's still on the board. Tyree Wilson's still on the board. Joey Porter Jr. is on the board. Peters uh, Skoronsky is on the board. Quentin Johnson and Jordan Jordan Addison. So out of these, I'm thinking and leaning towards either Tyree Wilson, 
go ahead and give Nielsen a uh you know a big pass rusher or yep. a Joey Porter Jr. because yeah, I don't see Christian Gonzalez. So here's so, here's what, here's what I'll say. One you know, one of the things we we heard from Terry Fontenot was when you know he was having conversations with uh Nielsen uh at the East West Shrine game. Uh he was having, you know, with a lot of the you know, the line guys, they were having a lot of conversations because they basically were like, Hey, games were won and lost in the trenches. Uh, I think if this situation were to pop up, I don't think we're touching CJ Shroud. I don't think we're touching it. Touch, first of all, they're not going to be there in real life. Right. But even if they were there, we're not touching Stroud or anybody else. I'm going to say Tyree Wilson, because if we were to go, I, I think if Pease was still the, the, the DC, or if we had gotten Flores uh, or maybe even Fangio, any of those three guys were the DC. Now I think it's possibly Joey Porter Jr. Right, right. I, 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 because it, just like we've talked about before, all three of those guys are kind of in the same boat defensively, and they all like to 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 build for, basically build from the back forward. Yep, right. Um, and I think with Nielsen as DC, Nielsen being a D line coach, uh, you know, talking about everything he's talked about, hearing Terry Fontenot, I think it's Tyree in this particular situation. I think it's Tyree Wilson if it's if it's anybody. I think so too. I think so too. I know some folks are saying, "Hey, trade back or whatever," and, and I get it. But uh, like I said, in this first few that we do on on the site or on the channel, we're not going to do any of the any of the trades. It's just <laughs> too much to take into consideration. Right. Yeah, uh, and, and a lot of these trades are very unrealistic. All yes. right, so we're going to go with with Tyree Wilson. Go ahead and draft him. Let the rest of the the okay. Let's see. So yeah, uh, uh, there's my guy Darnell Washington. See if he survives. He's almost there, almost there, almost there. Ah, oh, he's still there. Okay, so Willie Doc at least wanted me to say the trades. Oh well, you, well, well, they went away. Whatever. Okay. Did you did you not click on it? I didn't. I don't know what. Like this, I don't know if it's because I'm running the stream at the same time, but this stuff's starting to act a little wonky. A little wonky. Yeah, because like right now on stream, I'm frozen. Yeah, I, don't know if you, I, I was. I'm not now, so. Yeah, yep, yep, I'm back. Okay, anyway. All right, so in our second round, we have <clears throat> Jameer Gibbs, who's another electric guy, Darnell Washington, which I am like back and forth on Darnell Washington. Like, I think he's a great player, and I think he's worth a second-round pick. I just don't know if – we should be investing a second round pick in it. Um, I I personally do because I think you like because I think we'll we'll probably bring back at least Parker Hesse next year. Oh yeah, uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm not even sure if he's a free agent this year or not. But Parker Hesse will probably be back. Maybe even Ferkser. I'm not 100 percent sure. But you know that way you could still run two tight end sets. With a Darnell Washington, man, yeah, but you're, you're man. Technically, technically, you're running three tight end sets because you're going to have Hesse, Washington, Pitts. Pitts then gets to stay outside, do his thing. Darnell Washington gets to be the guy that absolutely mauls probably a lot of defensive linemen. Uh, he's just that kind of guy, right? But see, you're, you're giving up on on my guy, Michael Pruitt or Michael Pruitt. 
So, all right. Uh, anyway, at the top of this, if we're looking at BPA, it would either be Jameer Gibbs, Darnell Washington, or Kayshawn Booty, which I would take Kayshawn Booty as a, uh, um, you know, as a wide receiver too. Willie Doc just tipped us two dollars, which we appreciate, and uh, he says uh, it's all good. Uh, mock drafts are fun. Love the banter. That's what we're trying to trying to do here. Like we're trying to get y'all like engaged with the like because like I said, once this is done, I'm saving this and I'm going to post it to the uh, the YouTube page and I'm going to post it to Twitter. So I really like really hoping y'all enjoy this and get involved. Uh, Chris says Kayshawn Booty because I th- I really feel like a wide receiver two is far more important than a tight end two, especially if you have right. if you can bring back Michael Pruitt. All right, so Chris has put forth booty. Um, does anybody uh, like yay or nay on that, guys? Uh, is, is you know we we looking for a wide receiver, potentially wide receiver two in the in the second round here? I thought for some reason I thought booty was going back. Uh, no, no, he uh, he it was it was back and forth, and then he finally he fully declared. Okay, good. Okay, now. <laughs> uh, the, here's some interesting names, though, is uh, Grevin Dexter, D-lineman out of Florida, and uh-huh. this Cal J. Uh, Chancy. These two right here are some very explosive D-linemen who, if we don't like land a, a Payne or a Rankins, that could be an interesting ad. All right, so now we got some folks clamoring for Gibbs, who could be fun, and Washington. So now we got yeah. one vote for all three of the top. Well, I I, I think uh, Fred uh, and uh, Sip both are like Washington. Okay. Uh, um, and then we've got a couple of uh, Chris and Chandler, both for Booty. Uh, Mike so far is the lone Gibbs guy. Uh, yeah, Billy Mills, yeah. Yeah, so like, uh, let's see. We get a second and third for giving us five picks for No, nah, that's Tony Wright wheeling and dealing. Oh, Tony's oh, always wheeling and dealing. <laughs> I enjoy Tony's wheeling and dealing, but that's not that's not what we're doing right at the moment. Uh, Billy uh, says, I think we sign a wide receiver too. So, possibly. Right. Um, like I said, go it, with the, uh, Washington. All, all of this, all, all, it'll be much more interesting to do these, I think, once we're through free agency because then we'll know. Oh, what then we, we have, have a better. Yeah, a better, yeah, clearer idea for sure. All right, I, I think, got. I think Washington is kind of in the same vein as a Pitts. Yeah, uh, in that you don't see guys that uh, are that big and that freakish, that big and that freakish. And I think if you get him for one, that gives you another receiving threat because he can catch. Uh, but it also gives you a guy that you put him down there. He does. You don't know exactly what he's going to do. Because he's at least in college so far has been an excellent run blocker, right? Uh, just absolutely mauls people in run right. blocking. So, well, let's go with Washington then. I've got a few more Washington, so let's just do that and see where this thing locks up on me again. Hopefully, it don't. It seems like it locks up when it throws up the the trades. I may try to go in there and see if I can turn trades off if that's messing with the stream. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, that's where it locks up is when it throws the the trades yep. up there. 
this. There we go. Okay. All right. So hey, our D lineman is still there. The one from yes. Pitt. And we get him and we get him uh, a better like uh, I guess it, efficiency. I can't think of the word. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. like like value. better value. Uh, better value if we're gonna if we want to go that route. And I would be down with that. I I don't really know the guy all that much, uh, right. but I would be okay with that. Uh, we could go with Mr. Andre Carter. Yeah, Fred Fred Bud says Pitts at Darnell would be unstoppable. It'd be fun. I, I, I do think that that's the case. That's the reason why I want that. I'm not going now, with that, Andre Carter. I don't even care. Yeah. Uh, like y'all can't convince me. Tank Dell. If yeah, Tank Dell. What's your wide receiver too? That's a guy. Yeah, if I've you want your speedy play. wide receiver who could take the top off, your yeah. Tank Dell, and then a safety Jordan Battles there. Ooh, so that's interesting. I like, I like that. I like Battle it's at, at uh, 75. Yeah, Battle it like you're getting a little bit of value there. Yeah, they had him ranked 71. So at 75, that's that's some good. Good value. Uh, yeah, we still need a cornerback. And, uh, well, we still need everything. So, um, let's see. Jalen Duncan had a good uh, senior bowl. If you think we're going to maybe lose uh, or, like, not not bring back Caleb McGarry. But, so, <coughs> Jamie Robinson was another good safety. But I think I'd rather have Jordan Battle if we're going to go safety. Uh, so, or do you – I don't know much about him. Uh, this linebacker from Alabama, uh, uh Henry Tua, 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 Tua. or Toto. Yeah, I don't know yeah. much about him. I heard people be hot and cold on him. Uh, okay. I haven't really gotten to looking into the linebackers yet, so I'm not 100 sure on him. So I'm thinking either we give Grady another running mate on that D line and Nielsen, or we go Tank Dell. I think that's the two I'm looking at here. Chris is saying Tank Dell, Chandler is saying uh, Chancy or Cancy or however you want to say that. Uh, Millie's on t- uh, Tank. Millie's on Tank Dell. Yeah, Millie's on Tank. Uh, like, we can use it because Tank. A center cornerback safety, it looks like. Yeah, Tank Dell had a real good senior bowl. Like, mm-hmm. he showed that it wasn't too big for him. All right, there's, a, there's another one on Dell. So let's just go with Dell. Yep. We'll take him in the third. Well, because I I honestly think that the most money we're probably going to spend if we if we're talking about free agents uh, is probably going to be on defense. So I think they're probably going to maybe do a little bit more on the offensive side in the draft than defense potentially. Right. All right. I may next time we do this, I may let you run the mock and see if I freeze up less. We'll do. I don't know if it's just because I'm hosting the stream as a as well as uh, do it because yeah this thing is just not liking it. Come on, I think we uh, so I'll say uh, put the oops wrong one. Uh, I'll say this: Dre uh, is saying don't replace Oz, bring back Oz though. Uh, I I think uh, Oz is back. I think he I well I I hope he is, but. I mean, if they're if depends on what they do, you know, it is what it is. But right, if he comes back as your like wide receiver three, maybe four, I think that's where he's going to be best. Oh yeah, I think so. And, and the coaching staff really likes him. So uh, Harvey's already <laughs> Harvey's already seen my guy Keanu Benton. Oh yeah, uh, same thing with Chris. 
Benton, like Benton was a straight up and down wrecking ball at the senior bowl. Like I saw he's still there and like, I'm, I'm almost not wanting to give chat a chance because <laughs> Benton was a, a, a pleasure to watch all week. Uh, I mean, it looks pretty like so far, Chris Harvey, uh, Chris, again, you only get one vote, Chris. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but yeah, I, I would say uh, Benton. Um, yeah, it's a, yeah, it looks like it's it's a clear cut Benton. Well, because the, the next one, the, the the as far as value goes, next one up is uh, Cedric Tillman, Tillman which already we already got, got our wide receiver. Plus, y'all yeah. got to think we we we're picking again two picks later. Yeah. So, like, if we wanted a guy like Julius Brents, who was a good corner, or the corner out of TCU, Hodges mm-hmm. Tomlinson is there. So let's just go ahead and go with Benton. Yeah, I'm down with Benton. Oh Lord, come on! Well, so far, you have so far you haven't frozen yet. Not this time. There we go. I think I made it through yeah. that time. All I right. Did. So now we got Zach Evans out of Mississippi running back. If we are wanting to run it back, uh, Tomlinson, Hodges, Tomlinson, Tank yeah, Bigsby is a is a very interesting uh, running back. Brents is a very long corner. Like he's, he's got some long arms and he looked pretty good at the senior bowl. Not going to lie. I think this might be a good spot to go with a, uh, a corner to so, be completely so, honest. Uh, uh, pull up the, just the running backs. Who are the running backs? Cause this is like the area where I think like, if we're going to go running back, this is probably where we're going to go. You got Tajay uh, Spears it? still here. Yeah. But you got Zach Evans, Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby is, I think, would be a, a good value here, to be honest. And there's Kenny McIntosh down there, but that right, I, Kenny McIntosh. But he'll probably be gone by, by the next round. I think had he not hurt his hand, Roshan Johnson, yeah. we'd be talking more about him. And then Eric Gray looked good too. And then one of my personal favorites is Israel Abandacanda. He's another it's, like. It's fun to say that name. It is fun to say that name. And he's a good back. Abandacanda. Abandacanda. Everybody's thinking that we should like try to hold out to the fifth and get Spears. Well, so what's he at? What is Spears at right now? Spears is 121. And our fifth round pick is one. Or we don't have a fifth round pick. We don't get a pick again until the sixth. So, I can almost guarantee, like, there's going to be somebody here. I just I mean, don't know. Like, if so, we want to okay. What about Edge? What, what are we looking looking like Edge-wise? Edge, you got Byron Young, who looked okay at the Senior Bowl. This dude right here, 80-80, they have him listed as an Edge. But he lined up everywhere and was almost unblockable all week long. Uh, Ali Gain, KJ Henry and Isaiah uh, McGuire are all like, put these in the range of like D'Angelo Malone. Okay. You know, they're, they're decent. Uh, this guy was really fun. I'm not even going to attempt that name. I'm just calling something him HB. Bald, something Baldonado. Baldonado. Yeah. Habakkuk Baldonado. <coughs> okay. Or Habakkuk. Uh, he's fun. 
Yeah, there's no like, there's nobody that really jumps out at me other than like Lonnie Phelps. We could probably grab him in the fifth or the sixth. Hell, that might even be the seventh. Well, yeah, he might be there in the seventh. So yeah. Anyway, so. All right, so. Back to. Uh, that, I think of one of the corners myself. Uh, Either so okay. I think I think corner here, and then because uh, I do like Hodges Tomlinson, right. Uh, and Brent. I like both those guys. Right. So, all right, chat out of uh, Hodges Tomlinson and Brent's. Who uh, who are y'all taking? Who are y'all wanting to wanting to see there? Chandler, <laughs> Chandler's in on Brent's, and so is uh, Sip. Okay. I liked Brent's. I liked Brent's at at, oh. at the Senior Bowl. He was a big Millie, long corner who moved Millie's well. Asking, Millie's asking, is TC running back coming out? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't like if he was he he would have to have declared by now and I don't see a TCU running back. So Day uh, Rare Sports. I'm banging the table for Brent's uh physically. Okay. Let's 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 do it then. Let's do Brent's. All right. Now we got a little ways to wait because Willie Doc Willie Doc was in on Brent's as well. Willie, okay. Like Brent's was a guy, I kid you not, like during the senior bowl, like we were like, good God, who is that corner? Really? Like just tall, long arms, moved real well. Sort of a uh, Tariq Woolen kind of guy. Kind of, yep. Like. It very much had a had a woolen feel to it. Let's see. So, oh, wow, it didn't, It's that went nicely. Hey, oh. All right. Probably because probably there's way, we're way later in the draft now. Probably. All right. Ooh, our boy. Uh, blah, duh. Right there. Taj, right there. Tajay in the sixth. I'm at Tajay in the sixth. Tajay, or y'all going like rake me over the coals for Kenny McIntosh? I'm good with either I, one I, of these two. I like both those guys. Uh, I ain't gonna lie. I I am good with either one of these two. I will say this. <laughs> I think because I, I think Kenny McIntosh is a home run hitter. Uh, yep. I think uh, you know he he can get you uh, you know. Uh, the home runs just as much as probably Tajay Spears can. Right. I will say this: if the, if you, the the thing that separates these two, in my particular mind, and I think uh, you know, I don't, I don't think Arthur Smith or even Terry Fontenot is thinking about this. But I think potentially you look at it in a situation where we get Tajay Spears, great player. We get uh, McIntosh, great player. McIntosh is a guy that could potentially not a lot. But you're going to get some butts in the seats because he's a Georgia guy, and you're going to get some Georgia fans that are going to want to come to the game to see Kenny McIntosh play. That's what's going to happen. All right. So right now I got one, two, three for Spears, two for McIntosh. So I, like I said, I like both these guys straight up and down. I like them both. Mm-hmm. I think that they would both be really good players. Uh, I think Spears is more electric. And is a home run threat. Uh, What's his size? Spears. Uh, hold on. I'm afraid to pull it up and have everything fall apart. Well, here I'll I'll look it up real quick. I'll look it up. <laughs> I think McIntosh is bigger. If that's what you're going, uh, Big Truck Track Star says Kenny Mack get the UGA guy. So uh, Chris Chris is advocating for Spears for sure. I think if it comes down to size, I think Kenny Mack has it in, in that aspect. So but, Tajay Spears, 5'10", 195. Okay. Uh, it was Kenny, Kenny Mack. 
Hush. Kenny McIntosh, 6-1-2-10. Yeah. I think Arthur Smith would probably lead more towards that 2-10-6-1. So, season stats for Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears was 229 attempts uh -huh. for 1,581 yards, 19 touchdowns, tied for third. Uh, average was 6.9 yards a carry. Right. Um, now, I'll say this. 229 uh, attempts. That's a lot of attempts. That's a good. That's a good so, amount. So you can say. I've like, heard it said yeah. that college attempts don't count. Nah. <laughs> uh, whereas Kenny McIntosh, uh, 150 attempts, 829 yards, 10 TDs, which is tied for 43rd. Uh, whereas Tajay Spears was tied for third. Right. Uh, and then, at, but now Kenny McIntosh did average 5.5 yards a carry, which ranks 68th in the, in, the uh, uh, in college. And the 6.9 for Tajay Spears ranked ninth. Now, I will say that if they're taking into account the college playoff stuff, right. then potentially we're looking at Kenny McIntosh and just in general playing more SEC teams, even some of the lower. I'm, and I'm not going to be the guy that's like, <coughs> you know, SEC, even the lowly teams are better than every other yeah, team. Yeah, I, I ain't going down that road. But I, but I will say that they generally are going to be a little bit more rugged, uh, in my opinion, than some of than a lot of other teams that are not in the SEC. I, I will say this, like, in, in I think this this mock we're going to go with Kenny, and and next mock like that we do if we're in the same situation we'll go with with Spears because it's really like a flip of the coin. But I think the pass blocking that Kenny Mack provides is a little bit better than what Spears provides, to be honest. I can get, I can get behind that. And so I think that that's going to make him more attractive to NFL coaching. So we're going to go with Kenny Mack in, in this one. All right, we got two more picks. I mean, I just I also just think that at the end of the day, we're talking about uh, like they're two guys kind of in the same mold. You know, obviously McIntosh is a little bit bigger, can deal out a little bit more punishment, but he's also a guy that is a hometown boy. Oh, yeah. or at least, or at least went to college here. Where, and that's a guy that uh, you know you can see a bunch of uh, Ed, uh, you know Georgia fans being super pumped about it. For sure, for sure. King Seven. I, uh, uh, if I think if I put your, oh, let's see, yeah, it ain't gonna let me. Uh, you're uh, late. You ain't missed much other than sorry. the entire show. Oh. Oh. <laughs> there you go. You yeah, he's What's up, fellas? What's going on, buddy? It's all man, right. I mean, you, you made it before the seventh round pick. So you're That's good. right, man. You're here for the important ones. All right. <laughs> um, now it's pretty much a free-for-all, right? It, it doesn't really – seventh round doesn't really matter. We got our wide receiver – we got a D lineman. We got a corner. We got a running back. We got tight end and an edge. So we could really use an O lineman and a safety. Yeah, I think O lineman is definitely going to be the way to go here. So let's uh, filter out for what does what does O lineman look like? Let's see. We could do interior O lineman. I think that's where we're going. I'm trying uh, to see if there's any but Juice Scruggs. I mean, that's just a good name right there. That is a good name. That is a really good name. <laughs> I, I think, man, don't, get Willie, get Stetson Bennett out of this chat. He is not <laughs> the Falcons. We I already got look. our Georgia boy. 
We're not. That's right. We we got you. We got you. Your dog. You for, two, for, two, uh, for, two, for two reasons, Stetson Bennett doesn't have NFL traits. Period. Nah. Uh, I like his heart. I like. His, oh yeah. All, everything else about him. He is not an NFL quarterback. He's, he's got that dog in him. I'll give him that. He does have that. Two, you put him on this team, even if he is demonstrably not the better quarterback between him and Ritter, and the and Arthur Smith starts Ritter, you're going to lose the entire uh, Georgia Bulldog fan base from ever even looking at the Falcons for the next, like, decade probably. <laughs> like, how could you? This guy won two national championships, and you're going to uh, say that Ritter was better than him? No way. <laughs> Willie, uh, Willie's just kidding. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> interior line, I like these names. I I will go ahead and call it. I don't know anything about them. Uh, I ain't gonna lie to you. Looks like we got a little bit of value in Connor Glavin, an offensive tackle out of Baylor. So, safety wise, Daniel Scott was at the Senior Bowl and played pretty well. So if you want to take a kid with some upside, uh, Daniel Scott is a guy who I would. Like, I think I think you you do Daniel. If you do Daniel Scott, that's the guy that we think. Because I, I don't know his like measurables, uh, right. but that's a guy that you would probably look at, uh, like trying to fill out your special teams. Exactly. Like, like right now, that. that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing in, in the seventh round. You're going to fill out your special teams, take flyers on guys, try yep. to see if there's any other names that really jump out at me in other positions. Um. That I was like, oh, I can't believe that guy's what about there. Linebacker, we haven't taken a linebacker. Have we? All right, let's take no, we... Oh, okay, this guy right here, Aubrey Miller Jr. out of Jackson State. Dude, like this guy brings the lumber every time he like. Like the one, like one of the wild defensive plays in the Senior Bowl was made by him. Nice. So Aubrey Miller Jr. I think is is if the chat is okay with, I think I'm going to pull the trigger on him because he was a. He's a guy who I would love to have in camp. Uh, we'll give the chat a second to see. Yeah, I wonder if folks have checked out because it's the seventh round, as do Aubrey, most folks check yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Aubrey, Aubrey Miller, uh, 6'2", 225, had 40 solo tackles, two sacks, two four, or four forced fumbles, zero interceptions this year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, he's, he's a guy that, like Chris just says, I uh, he says, LOI jumped when I saw his name too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Harvey uh, says I, Miller. So I think we're just going to go with Miller. He was he was a fun watch as far as the linebackers were concerned. Nice. Uh, out there at the Senior Bowl. All right, let's see our last pick, and we're going to wrap up this live stream. All right, uh, let's see. Overall, who we got? We got... Quindell Johnson out of uh, – we could get Ronnie uh, Flag Bell. Like every time he went on around, he was drawing a flag. <laughs> so he got, he got dubbed Ronnie Flag Bell uh, out at uh, Senior Bowl. Jonathan Bingo was a good-looking wide receiver if we wanted to give somebody else a try. And, oh, DTR. If you want an interesting, like potential long-term backup QB, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson uh, is a fun one. Uh, I say just a shorter threat at wide receiver. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. Yeah, Bingo, Bingo was a lot of fun at the Senior Bowl. 
I wouldn't mind taking him. Sure. I'd be down with uh, a, a wide receiver. Uh, you know. some, somebody's got to give Frank Darby a run for his money. There you go. <laughs> I mean, the guy's been somehow uh, has two, only has two catches in the last two years. So is not, you know, but right. I, I would, I would say let's go with Mingo uh, and see if he can at least make this, make the roster. <laughs> all right. Let's, all right. So we'll round this out with, uh, we will round this out with Mingo. <laughs> all right. Who's Mr. Irrelevant? Uh, D. Winters, linebacker out of uh, TCU all right. to New Orleans. All right, so we got uh, – well, I'm trying to hit the uh, button to see if it'll – okay, here we go. Now it's big. And I, I, wanted the, I wanted the grades. I want to see the Oh, grades. I got you. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Well, there's our draft. Yep. Uh, Tyree Wilson. Okay, go away. Tyree Wilson, Darnell Washington, uh, Tank Dell, Keanu Benton, Julius Brents, Kenny McIntosh, Aubrey Miller Jr., and Jonathan Bingo. That was I mean, a pretty good one, draft. The only thing I'm disappointed in is uh, uh, Tyree Wilson. Uh, I mean, I'm when we picked, like that was kind of the best guy that was still left right. on the board. Um, I think had it been left to me in that one, I think I would have went Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. But but I could see like Wilson a lot like Trayvon Walker last year. Wilson has those traits. Yeah. Like he may not be have it all put together yet, but he's got those traits that you want. So I will uh I will get this posted, a picture of this posted on the uh on the YouTube page, and I will get a picture or or this posted on my Twitter for all y'all to I'll, uh, I'll agree with this. Uh, Bradley, uh, coached by Prime, can lay the wood. Sounds good to me for a seventh. I that's mean, it. that's that's really all you can you can uh, you can hope for at that point. That's it. Yep, Aubrey Miller. He was like I said, he was a lot of fun down at the Senior Bowl, yeah. folks. It is that time. It is. It is time to switch the banners over to that one. And appreciate y'all hanging with us. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll probably with do this Dr. again Greece. in another. Yeah, we'll probably do this again in another two weeks. Uh, do another mock draft. We'll call yeah. this community version one. And uh, so y'all study up and so that we can have some good discussions. Uh, as always, I, I, I hope I, you know, like this, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I really enjoyed I hope you guys <laughs> enjoyed this. Um, you know, I don't know all the guys I'm, you know, not nobody here does, but it's fun to talk about. And, you know, JR will pull some random college dude out of his butt and be like, I know this guy. I've seen, I've, I've I watched this tape <laughs> yeah, for some reason. I don't know why. It's just, right. the, he's he a called good dude. To me. Yeah. He called to me. Take, but, it, take it easy. But, King, man. We, we appreciate you stopping by brother. Absolutely. King. All right, folks, as always, y'all can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Grim 1128 G R I M M one, one, two, eight, Jonathan. At Jonathan M Holder. Come follow. Say, Hey, how's, how's it going? That's right. And keep your eye on the channel because we're going to start to get into like profiling of uh, free agent, possible free agents, possible draft picks. I may even pull questions that I really liked, but I didn't get it that we didn't get a chance to get to. So just keep your eye on the channel as videos will be coming out. And to all who donated uh, to get me down in the senior bowl, I really appreciate that. That was great. That was amazing. Uh, Y'all were the real MVPs of that week. And, uh, but yeah. Anyway, as always, Falcons fans, 
Rise up. Rise up.